Opco Health, interesting company, but is it a buy? This is Industry Focus. Hi, Fools. Healthcare analyst Michael Douglas on the phone today with our healthcare contributor, Todd Campbell. This is Wednesday, uh, June 24th, and this is Industry Focus. So let's hop right into it. Opco Health, a company with a lot of of interest, uh, also a lot of short interest. While we're while we're on that topic, but uh, but I'm sure we'll get into that in a minute. Let's start with the interest in Opco, and it's really centered around Philip Frost. Todd, take us away. So, yeah, Philip Frost is you know probably as as close to a legendary healthcare entrepreneur as, as you're going to find. Yeah, in an uh, industry that doesn't really have necessarily a ton of legends. Yeah, you know he he's been around since for a long time, and and has been an entrepreneur for a long time, and you know he his probably best known for taking IVAX, um, a relatively small company back in the eighties, uh, and turning it into a global generics powerhouse that he was able to sell to Teva Pharmaceuticals about ten years ago for about seven billion dollars. Um, he went on from that to take a leadership role at Teva, uh, served as their chairman up until about this, uh, this past January or so. Um, but just because he was at Teva doesn't mean that he wasn't very active in um, helping to foster along other uh, innovative new healthcare companies. Uh, of which Opco Health is, for lack of a better word, his favorite child. <laughs> That's probably a uh, a good way to put it. And 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 you know he owns what over three hundred million shares of Opco. So you know th- there's certainly some uh, some financial incentive in there too. He has been a major acquirer of the shares since 2013, steadily going in and buying uh, shares in this company when it was a sub ten dollar stock. Um, now, you know, the stock is climbed 50% plus since then. Um, and that has made his stake worth uh, probably around $4 billion in Opco Health alone. Um, so, yes, he has a major, major stake in this company. He left Teva to spearhead it. He's now full-time engaged in the role of, of, of leader of Opco Health. And for that reason, there are a lot of people who believe that Opco Health could be a very significant company over the course of the next, you know, decade. Sure, and he's taken that that you mentioned. He he really likes acquiring shares of Opco, and he's certainly taken that um, acquisition idea, uh, sort of pushed it forward with Opco. Which has been, uh, I think you would probably refer to them as a serial acquirer. Uh, most yeah. recently, you know, there's the big bioreference lab, uh, $1.5 billion deal. Um, do you want to start with that and then we'll kind of work our way back? Sure. Opco, uh, I think describing it as a serial acquirer is actually brilliant. That's a great way of looking at it. Um, you know, Frost has always been a big believer in building something that where the, the sum of the parts is greater. Um, and, you know, he did that with IVAX and he's doing it again with Opco. Um, yes, the recent buy of BioReference, uh, where they spent $1.5 billion to, you know, essentially acquire the third largest lab company uh, is an important one. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but that's far from the first deal that he's done. He's orchestrated 
three, what I'll call very significant deals uh, over the last few years through Opto. Uh, the first was the acquisition of Rolapitan, a uh, drug for the treatment of chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting. Um, he was able to acquire that from Sharing Plow when Sharing Plow was merging. Um, he was able to then license that drug back out to Tessero, uh, and Tessero has since filed for approval of that drug with an FDA decision expected in September. If approved, that drug will kick off double-digit royalties uh, on any sales. That was one really strong acquisition and that could soon be paying off for him. He also picked up a company called Cytochroma for Opco Health that landed him um, a drug named Realdi. Mm-hmm. Realdi is a pro-hormone that's used. Um, it's a vitamin D pro-hormone that's used in chronic kidney disease patients. It's a very under-served uh, market that Opco thinks could be worth um, well, the market could be worth $3 billion or more uh, a year. Um, and if that wins FDA approval, they've already filed the, the application. If that wins FDA approval next year, it could have two sources of revenue from those acquisitions in relatively short order. And then the third deal, not including the bioreference deal, uh, that he did was to buy Prolor Biotech that landed it his, a long-lasting uh, human growth hormone drug. And he paid $480 million to buy Prolor. Um, and then, sure enough, earlier this year, was able to license the rights to that drug back out to Pfizer for $295 million up front, $275 million worth of potential milestones, as well as potential royalties and profit sharing. So, you know, he, he's orchestrating a, a serial series of, of, of deals, and he's able to importantly he's able to commercialize them in relatively short order yeah it's uh it's it's an interesting <laughs> so i it, it's interesting because they're of course going after all of these um all these drugs and of course they also have the the 4k score prostate cancer test um one of one of i think the things that a lot of folks when they look at opco health think is but how does all this fit together do you know what i mean like everything here seems kind of different and it makes sense that you know if you can spend if you can spend a dollar to make two dollars well you should do it right um but at the same time it it does feel a little a little scattered of a strategy almost with opco at least certainly when i took a look at them what's your take on that todd i think that there's a yeah i mean i think that because of this let's get all of these great ideas together and let's try and commercialize them. It creates kind of a, the message is a little muddy, that opco. Sure. And as a result, you have a lot of um, people who don't really fully understand the story uh, and are, who are betting against the stock because they, they just don't understand fully uh, what the potential could be. I don't want to say that they're wrong to bet against it, but I, I just think that we need to remember that you know, Frost has a history of being able to cobble together a lot of deals that seemingly aren't connected and then be able to tie them all up into a nice little knot where they all dovetail, you know, very well together. And I think in this case, what he's doing is he's building himself a franchise of drugs that are serving, you know, uh, uh, underpenetrated markets or markets that need innovation. And by buying um, uh, bioreference labs, in getting bioreference labs 
a very large network of deals with health insurers and other payers. Um, he is strengthening the ability to go out and actually not only get these drugs, bring them to market, but commercialize them effectively. You know, one of the things that I think is really important about this most recent deal of Bioreference Lab isn't how it may relate to, you know, some of these other drugs like the human growth hormone. It's more how will it benefit his um, 4K uh, score prostate cancer test. Right. You know, that test is revolutionizing how, theoretically, revolutionizing how doctors uh, evaluate patients' risk for prostate cancer. Traditionally, if you have someone who you think is going to have uh, uh, prostate cancer, you'll bring them to the, the you'll go through a biopsy. Now, right. bi- biopsies, uh, they can be painful, they can create complications, and they're very expensive. So, you know, Frost through Opco was able to develop a non-invasive test that has a very high success rate and that costs a lot less money than uh, traditional biopsies. However, sales so far after launching last year haven't been, you know, blockbuster. Right. And the reason behind that is he hasn't been able to line up deals with healthcare payers. Now, by buying BioReference, he already goes in having all of these relationships that BioReference Labs has, and he can now leverage those to get this system, this uh, this test uh, reimbursed, hopefully at fairly favorable um, prices. So I think that while you might look at this and say, wow, there's a lot of moving pieces, you kind of almost have to give Frost the benefit of the doubt based on his history. So uh, in that case, you know, are you willing to give Frost the benefit of the doubt? I mean, you know, this is a company that it's got like, what, $350 million in cash, 100 and some, $120 million, I think, in debt. Um, it's got... Um, uh, you know, nine hundred million annualized combined sales, right? Assuming Bioreference Labs revenue, um, but that market cap. Yeah, this is too pricey of a stock. Yeah. It, it really, it, it's hard to make a case. I mean, you know, ultimately at Motley Fool, we're trying to 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 dig into stories and see whether or not there's an investing uh, opportunity. Um, opportunity in them. And I'm just not convinced that at this price, you can rush out and say, yes, I need to join Philip Frost in this quest. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, seven, seven billion is just, it's, uh, it's pricey. I mean, you know, that, that works out to a, what, about what, eight times sales? Um, yeah, yeah. And, and we don't know what the price, you know, Bioreference Labs is a profitable company. So I mean, what's interesting about it is transformative in that it's taking Opco, which previously was at about a hundred million run rate in sales yeah. and turning it into a company with now 900 million in sales and the chance to turn profitable next year. Okay. So it's a very, it's transformative, but Again, you're still talking about a company that's trading at, you know, at eight or nine multiple to sales. Yeah. Uh, and an and unknown multiple to future earnings. Um, and with a market cap of north of $7 billion, you know, until these drugs get approved and you actually see them start to generate out meaningful money for Opco, that would allow you then to say, no, you know what, it's really only trading on maybe five times forward sales. I think it's just too tough to, to make the case that the the risk reward is balanced in the favor of going out and buying at this level. Yeah. 
I think that makes sense. Um, and I'll even say I'm a little bit, even perhaps a little bit more bearish than you. Um, but I think that it's a fine watch list stock. And certainly as as we see, hopefully, some parts of the strategy get knit closer together, I think there may be a buying opportunity, um, particularly if the market cap comes down a little bit. Um, you know, I, I am not a believer that biotech is always um, – Always has stretched valuations. Uh, Todd, you and I have talked about this before, and longtime industry focus listeners uh, will recall some of those conversations. Um, but I think in this case, the valuation just doesn't uh, justify something immediately. Um, but yeah, definitely a company yeah. to keep an eye on. And and the, I think the big thing to highlight is just that if this ends up being a company that transforms healthcare in some in various meaningful ways, there will be lots of opportunity to get in. Um, and so this isn't the sort of thing where um, a good opportunity is going to disappear today or tomorrow or this week or next week or even this year probably if there is just a really big transformative opportunity with Opco long term. There will be lots of times when you can hop in and make a big difference. You know, a former mentor of mine used to say that stocks don't go up in a straight line. And I think that, you know, the message there is that, you know, there'll likely be opportunities along the way to take a look at this at a better valuation. Um, and then when you look at the short interest in the stock, you look at the potential volatility. Again, I just think it makes sense to wait on the sidelines for that opportunity. That uh, sounds good to me. All right, Todd, as always, thanks for your two cents. Folks, tune in to the Industry Focus podcast. We are here five days a week. Be sure to subscribe and hop hop on. Uh, Energy is tomorrow on Thursday. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you then. Please always feel free to shoot us an email if you have any questions, want clarifications, want to talk about a stock or a concept. If there's something that we mentioned that you just want to hear more about, industryfocus at fool.com. That's industryfocus at fool.com. And please reference healthcare just so we know to uh, <laughs> to send it to this particular show. Uh, again, I'm your host, Michael Douglas. On behalf of The Motley Fool and all the hardworking folks here and across fool.com, thanks for listening. Fool on, and we'll talk to you soon. As always, people in the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Thanks much. <laughs>